Hi. Hello. Hey. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones in Podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, and joined this week by Robbie. Hi. And that's it. Yeah, just it's, the two of us today. It's just the two of us. I don't know if we've ever had just two people on an episode. I don't know about an episode like like the actual podcast episode. I know when we used to do live casts, we'd do two people every now and then. Yeah, and then I think a couple of times with Last Ones and Go to the Movies, it's been just a couple of people. Maybe twice it's been a couple of people. I know there was Maybe. one that was just me. <laughs> but not like a mainstream episode, I guess I we could call this. Maybe yeah. I don't. I don't know if it is even a main. I don't. I think I'm gonna decide that in the editing process. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just mark that off. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, this is either episode 125 or I'm or we started a new type of thing. Maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, well, we kind of done this before, but like you know when when it but it was a lot different because it was like. You know, we'd finish off the episode, and before doing the live streaming, we would, like, watch an episode of something and talk about that episode, but... Yeah, it was a bit different. So, yeah. here's... You've or you read the description, so you know more than us. Um, but we watched all of season one of the Netflix series Afterlife, mm-hmm. starring, written by Ricky Gervais. Uh, I also know, directed. <laughs> yes. Uh, that might, in itself, turn off a lot of people, because I know the internet is very anti-Ricky Gervais at the moment. Oh, I thought it was going to be like, like, oh, just some asshole who decided to star, write, and direct in his own film. Yeah, sure. It's not a... <laughs> He's totally not into himself for doing that. Uh, he absolutely is. But <laughs> um, no, the internet's very much like against his stand-up because it's the, Cause, whole, the whole thing of like, oh, yeah, you have to punch down all the time at people. You can't just make jokes like it's a... Yeah, Ricky Gervais has always been, you know, pushing the line with comedy, though. Like, he's always done stuff to make people go like oh i can't believe he said that yeah that's always been his style which depending on which corner of the internet you're in uh people either appreciate that or really really don't right so it's uh yeah i personally i think ricky drace is very funny and a very talented writer and uh given the right material which is generally his own material i think he's a very good actor actually um i mean i guess to be fair like if you have a problem with ricky gervais you probably have like you have to keep in mind like even a lot of American comedy was based off of stuff that he's done. Like, he wrote the original British Office. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, he very British humor, very dry, very in-your-face. Um, if it helps you know the kind of comedy that I like, I also very much like Jimmy Carr and things like that, whose entire thing is just say offensive thing. And either you are shocked at the thing he said or you aren't yeah that's, that's what that, that's what it's gonna be there is a lot of that with those kind of comedy it's either people laughing or you hear like an entire audience going oh yeah yeah um so yeah that should let you know right away uh the kind of opinion you're gonna get here <laughs> it's not gonna just be me shitting on ricky gervais i apologize <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's best to let them know now than like midway through the episode of like, they actually like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Just learn halfway through like, they aren't shitting on him at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we watched all of season one, which isn't to say it's very much. It's only six episodes and it's pretty short episodes for the most yeah, part. Yeah, like if there were commercial breaks, it'd be 30 minutes long an episode. But yeah, because they're not, they're like, they span anywhere between 24 minutes to 28 minutes. Yeah, there's even a 20 minute episode in there too. So yeah. like, they're, they're not long episodes at all, but I think they pack a lot in each episode. They do. Uh, I feel like each episode had something to say and something that was important to say. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that is a, the main point about this show is that there is from the very first second 
just a wrapping of complete sadness and yeah an attitude of like giving up um from the very first line i think even you get that kind of sense from it and that is going to be a very dismal walk through a very dark place because that's the thing this entire show seasons one two and three uh we'll only be talking about season one because that's the one we watched talk very openly about extremely depressing subjects yeah it is at its very core this is a show about grief yes extremely so and the dark thoughts that people that... who have experienced grief have and they just don't say them out loud right i think um well some people do I, some do yeah but yeah but before we get into really talking about this show robbie yo i want to know what's up with your life so I guess first thing is uh, the work that I work at, we're supposed to have like a barbecue for everybody, like get first shift and second shift together and like have a little get together. And so yeah. I didn't work yesterday because we were supposed to have the barbecue, but it's been raining lately. So they decided to go ahead and oh. change it off until the 13th. Oh, so you just didn't work. Yeah. So I just didn't work yesterday. Nice. So instead I had time to sit home and think and I kind of caved in a little bit because <laughs> I called Comcast. <laughs> Dun dun. <laughs> so yeah, uh, um, because some episode back, if you like, you listen to this podcast regularly. Uh, the apartment complex I live with made a deal with Comcast, and so like every single apartment com- or every single room just has like their own modem that they just left there. Which they knocked at my door at ten o'clock in the morning, which it's not a good time for me because I'm a night shift worker. Yeah. But they just like left a modem on my living room floor, and I've been staring at it for a while. And like I just like you know what I'll call them, see what I can get, and like. Went ahead and called them, and I'm paying like $10 more for way faster internet now. Nice. But um, so far, it's been a little bit troublesome because uh, Comcast uses like the coax cables that are in everybody's house to hook up the modem. Right. And I have two of them in my apartment, and one of them is literally right behind my computer desk. And I was thinking, <laughs> this would be perfect. I can use like a minimal amount of wires. I can just hook it up right there, have a short wire going up to my computer. It'll be perfect. Sure. Hooked it in. Didn't work. Tried the other hookup, worked fine, mm. which sucks because it's on the other side of the uh, of my tiny apartment. But still, that goes from like needing a four foot cable to a 25 foot cable. Right. And so now I just have like a cable going down my floor and I need to see if I can find a way to route one on my apartment that has a kind of a popcorn ceiling. So, yeah, yeah. That, see, that's why I always get cables that are way longer than I could possibly need. And I was hoping, like, the thing is, is because I ha- already had cables because I've had Comcast before. But yeah, like the thing, part of the reason why I didn't want to go back to them is because like they're always trying to bundle you with everything and they try to like upcharge you as much as humanly possible. They actually downcharge me a little bit this time. Of, like here, like here's ways that you can save money. But like, I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, thing. OK, I guess we won't charge you then. <laughs> <laughs> so like they weren't really like in your face about it this time around. But then again, like I haven't had them as a cut. Cu- I haven't been a customer of theirs in like four years now mm. so it's been a while hopefully things have changed but who knows the biggest thing though is because i went from like 40 megabytes down to like 600 megabytes down so huge difference huge huge difference <laughs> so like day one like it's been a huge difference of like oh i could download final fantasy 15 in 20 minutes awesome nice um but yeah that happened but like i said uh the one thing I tried doing is I tried like seeing if I could fix like the little coax cable thing because like I uh, took it out or took the cable thing out of the wall and it just wasn't connected. Like the cable was in there. It just wasn't connected. Just wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And so like I <laughs> actually went to Home Depot last night to see if I can like get one of the connectors to like 
uh because they have like just like a twist on connector that i can hook up to it and then like try to get that on there and i tried doing that and it still didn't work so Mm. i wasted you know seven dollars doing that (laughs) other than that another thing i said i was going to explain to you is this nice little scab that i have on my arm yeah it looks like you have a big old burn on your arm yeah more or less actually um so that happened at work oh good yeah um i work on these nail tips where these like about the thickness of a pencil almost and like almost half an inch long they're really tiny parts okay but they have a weird geometry to them and so we have to like do a deburring on them and everything uh we just use like a scotch bright wheel and the thing is is like they're not always completely even and so what i've been doing is whenever i put a new one on i'll put a new one on and then i have like a sharp piece of card bite that i can use like uh cut the end off of it so that way it's nice and perfectly rounded whenever i actually use it so that way one of them doesn't fly out of my hand because I've actually had one fly out of my hand and hit the guy uh, working on the machine next to me. <laughs> that must have been a shock. <laughs> a little bit. Like, he just came to me, like, mildly annoyed, like, you lost this. <laughs> but anyways, I've been, like, cutting the tips off of those. Are, like, I guess uh, you can say, like, rounding off the scotch bright wheels. Yeah. Uh, I got the bright-ass idea to... Because, like, every single time that I do it, it always comes off at, like, a weird a- angle. And so I was thinking, maybe if I try cutting it off on the other side and then finish it off on uh, on the opposite side, maybe it won't be at such an awkward angle. And I tried doing it on the other side and completely forgetting that there was a, uh, an actual like um, a sanding wheel on the other end of it. And I just put my arm into the sanding wheel. And so now I got a nice bird mark on my arm. That must have felt great. Weirdly enough, I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. Oh, like because <laughs> I did that and I felt pressure. And then like I looked down and realized like, oh, I'm missing skin there now. Well, shit. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually hurt worse uh, whenever I wash it off afterwards. That, mm. That's whenever it actually hurt. Yeah, I could see that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, not much else going on other than that. Just more work, mostly. Um, yeah. I did finish the first season of Twin Peaks, I can say that much, which isn't too much. Like Much like, actually, no, uh, the first season of Twin Peaks is longer than this because it's eight episodes and it's 45 minutes a piece. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird show it has a 90s kind of jank to it. Yes, it does. But it was also a show that came out in 1990 and uh, was on CBS. So even though it's like this hardcore murder mystery drama dealing with prostitution, rape and drug abuse, it was on CBS in the 90s. So there's only so much that they could do with it. And so it yeah. has some of that 90s jank dealing with it. But there were like because I did watch it whenever it was on Netflix, but like I didn't want <clears throat> There's stuff they just don't remember happening. To a lot it. happens in that show. Yeah, a so. lot does happen in that show. But like, there's just like certain things like that seems important. Why don't I remember like this happening? <laughs> huh. Well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm catching up on that right now. I'm. Uh, I have seen like the first episode of season two so far. But other than that, like I'm working on that one. I guess now that I've beaten the last of us two, I'm still trying to figure out what game to pick up after that. Alan Wake played it before do it again okay <laughs> uh just remember after season two you have to watch firewalk with me yeah yeah uh luckily that's on hbo yes it is yeah yeah, yeah season because i did get season three already on dvd but yeah i just got to finish season two firewalk with me and then season three and season three is longer than everything else in that entire series it is because it's 18 episodes and they're an hour long a piece yep <laughs> uh cool yeah. how has dry the host been since we don't do the hostess with the mostest jokes anymore <laughs> um for the most part been doing fantastic uh home alone for the weekend because liz is off in louisiana at a bachelor's bachelorette party interesting 
So yeah, hopefully you're not putting your arm in grinders while Liz is gone. No, but it kind of like mentally it feels like I, <laughs> I should have because so I I just got a very nice new television. Mm-hmm. Uh, QLED. It's very good. It's very shiny. Very bright. I love it. Thurs- it's a nice TV. It's nice. Thursday. It's like 12 in the afternoon. Uh, I had the day off because I had to take Liz to the airport. So I'm home. I just got my breakfast at, mm-hmm. at noon because it was like I had to take her to the flight at like four in the brunch? morning or whatever. <laughs> yeah, probably closer to brunch. It was pancake <laughs> sticks. Uh, <laughs> um, and I sat down. I turned the TV on and just right there, right in the middle of it. Big green line. Oh. Right from the top to the very bottom. Oh. Bright green line. And I was like, well, shit, maybe just there's like a connection loose. Maybe something weird's happening with it. I disconnect everything, plug it all back in, line's still there. I'm like, okay, maybe it was like a weird firmware thing. Maybe I just need a factory reset it. Maybe it's like a pixel being weird. Factory reset it. Turn it back on. Big green line. So I'm like, well, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) My TV broke. There's some sort of pixel dead in there somewhere, and it just fucked up the whole line, or there's a ribbon that's loose, and I, yeah. I'm i not taking this TV apart. So I'm like, well, it's still pretty early on. I still have the receipt. I can get a, I can get another TV. The problem is, Robbie, and this is a problem I had with getting the TV here, which maybe contributed to the fact that it was dead now already, <laughs> is that your car is kind of small to have a 70-inch screen TV in it. It turns out... A little tiny five-seat vehicle uh, is not meant to carry a 70-inch television. Um, <laughs> when, we, when we picked it up, I had to take it out of the box and put it in like that. Uh, it was a whole mess. I'm pretty sure I dropped it a couple times doing that. Um, <laughs> so that probably contributed to the fact that it was broken. So I, with Liz being gone, had to get this 70-inch television, get all the brackets and stuff off of it, get it into my car, Get the box. I did save the box still because you got to save that for at least a year. Sure. Uh, you got it. Would it be ridiculous I mean, not I, to have a giant box around? I was, I was going to say I used to have some giant boxes around. I still have a couple, but they're not for TVs. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I get it over there. I get it to the store. I fucking haul it out. I get the big, the big giant tray they give you there to put the thing on. And I go to the service desk and I thought the guy was going to give me a huge hassle about it. He's like, he starts to. He's like, well, I mean, we can't really do anything without the receipt. And I'm like, I have the receipt right here. He's like, oh, well, I mean, we'd have to have the card that it was on. I'm like, I have my card right here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so he's like, oh, he's not, he's not trying to scam me. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> um, I think he still didn't trust me though because right. he's like, I need to look in the system to see if we can just do an exchange for you if we have the same TV or not. And if we do, we can just exchange it. If not, I'm gonna have to put it back on your card. I'm like, that's that's fine. Whatever you got to do. Uh, and he's looking at the system. He's like, it looks like we don't have it. So I'm like, really? I look behind me. And I see that there's four boxes over there with that same exact TV. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, it says we don't have this thing at all. Nothing's coming up system. I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah, just put it back on my card. I don't care. I'm just going to buy the same TV anyway. I don't really give a shit. Um, so he does. And I literally just walk over there with the cart. And I'm looking at him the whole time. And I grab the TV and put it on the cart. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which something similar happens in the show that we just watched. But we'll get yes. to that when we get to that episode. <laughs> um. I ended up paying a nice cart pusher $3 to help me with it into the car. It's so much easier to just have somebody to help you get right. that in. It's too big for one person. It really is. I mean, <laughs> I have a 50, well, it's not even 50, it's 49 inches, but yeah, it's 
might as well be 50 inches, ladies. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, what's, well, that extra inch is too much, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Ask any person that I know. <laughs> but no, like, uh, but the 49-inch TV that I have, like, I had a trouble getting into my little five-seater car, so I can only imagine how much of a pain it was to get that TV in just, your car. Just a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. So I finally get it home. I set it all back up. I recalibrate all the colors. It takes... It, I, I started this adventure at 1230 I wasn't able to sit down and relax for the day till like six thirty or seven. Nice. It was. This sucked. <laughs> the day's gone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you wouldn't even notice if I didn't tell you. Actually, I didn't notice until yeah. you told me, which means that Liz won't notice as long as she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> I I did tell her because I was oh, okay. just so frustrated. <laughs> like, hey, guess what? I sent her a picture and it was. Oh, it was awful. I hated it. I mean, it's kind of it's one of those things. Like, I don't think it would fix it. Like, maybe it would have, but I there's always some doubts in it. I've sometimes it's from a short that that happens, and I've actually seen some people fix it by like just pressing really hard against like the um like the bottom part of the thing. I did try that. Okay. Um, the other other the only other thing that I found that was possible for this model of television was that occasionally the ribbon is loose on one of those on one oh, of the and panels, so, yeah. and so you have to take the back off and reapply the ribbon. But also sometimes the ribbon just has a permanent short. And right. I was like, I'm not going to go through all this trouble for something that my, I might not even be able to fix when I can just go and get a new TV. Uh, I guess another, I do have something that kind of is somewhat similar to that. The monitor that I recently gave E, the one that was like my old school monitor. Yeah. Uh, the old 1080p that I had for my computer. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that was like the first high refresh rate monitor that I ever got. And like I paid monitor wise a pretty penny for it because uh at the time it um uh, 144 hertz was still somewhat new and monitors are just expensive as it is they are but yeah like i think i paid like 360 for that or something like that but anyways um like maybe a week into me having it like it would just randomly like short out and stop or like it would just like have j- only a blue screen like the entire thing would be blue yeah and like if you gave it a little bit of a shake or just like gave it five minutes to warm up it would be fine again <laughs> and i couldn't figure out what it was and i tried calling them about that and they're like yeah we have nothing in our system about like what could be the problem like maybe to lose connection somewhere and so i ended up taking apart the entire monitor and like the actual input from the uh, motherboard inside of there to like the actual monitor was loose like it was at an angle basically so i had to take apart the entire thing go clip to one connector and then (laughs) put it back together and it works fine it still works fine to this day nice it's just one guy who's just like that's good enough yeah pretty much (laughs) some dude in china was like i don't get paid anything. I'm, I don't even fucking care. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like it's less daunting to take apart a $300 monitor than it is to take apart a X amount of money, t- 70-inch uh, 4K TV. <laughs> large. Yeah. Large. It's, it's, very, it's very large. Uh, that's a pretty daunting task for someone who doesn't take apart things to begin with. Yeah, it's it was just not worth the hassle. <laughs> I mean, it would be for me, but once again, like I took apart an outlet on my wall yesterday to try to get a cable to work, so... That's two different people. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we are two different people when it comes to stuff like that. I'm always like, no, I'll fix it. Oh, I'll definitely fix it. Mm. There's a reason why I'm a console guy and you're a PC guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starting to put the pieces together there. Well, you are. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, before we start talking about this, we're going to talk about it episode to episode. Plot-wise, there's not a ton to talk about. I mean, there yeah. is and there isn't. They're it's pretty weird. straightforward, though. Yeah, it is. Um, but before we do that, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back to the show. All right. And we're back to talk about Afterlife Season 1. Episode 1. 
Yes. Um, I I did a thing. Okay. That I have not done for this podcast since the first ten episodes. I took notes, Robbie. Oh, okay. Uh, I had to. Well, that cause... explains why you're on your phone the entire time while we were watching it. Yeah, which... I... they're simple notes. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I think both me and you tried doing it at the beginning of this podcast, and then realized like we're not watching the movie as much if we're taking notes. But yeah, we're not enjoying the movie <laughs> at all that way. But with this, um, I just needed to get people's names down and like basic plot points in episodes. Because ah. especially when you're binging a show, I feel like it's really easy to get like this episode mixed up with that episode and stuff like that. Kind of get lost in the sauce. Yeah, so I have at least how. Uh, episodes begin and end and small things that happen within each one um and then character names and stuff because i'm really bad about characters names <laughs> we both get that way sometimes yeah I, I think it might just be a family trait of ours just like yeah like i'll remember your face but your name like, kyle's just hard to remember exactly. how many kyle's are there like three yeah. it's impossible <laughs> so yeah episode one i wish i would have gotten the episode title i guess i can do that right yep I think they're just called episode one, two, three, four, five, and six. Nice. I like it. Yeah, because I almost thought that like the first one was called Tony's Cankerous Funk, but it's just des- describing the first episode. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so no episode titles, just uh Episode one, two, three, four, five, and six. It works. Simple, easy, easy track. Okay. Yeah. So Moving on. <laughs> season one, episode one. It More- starts off. Kind of well, it starts off in the same way every episode starts off in this season. Yeah, it starts off with uh Tony, the main character, watching uh, I guess like these little videos that his wife left for him while she was dying of cancer, basically saying, you know, don't grieve too long for me after I'm gone, and you're you're gonna have to take more responsibility around the house, and you're gonna have to be able to do this, this, and this by your own because I'm not gonna be there to do it for you. Yeah, this whole first episode really is just introducing the world and the characters and kind of the tone of everything you're going to be experiencing right. throughout the show. Um, Gives you a nice color palette of what you're, what to expect. Yeah. And the bluntness of it. Yeah. I would say as well. Cause I, I think the bluntness of everything is a huge part of Tony's character. Yeah. Uh, played by Ricky Gervais. Um, Cause yeah, it is very much him just watching that and then him going and feeding his dog and realizing he, ran out of dog food because he just hasn't been able to go to the or he's been too depressed to go to the store to buy new, more dog food so he just feeds beans to his dog and <laughs> just ends up eating vegetable curry out of the can or straight out of the can just drinking it out of the yeah. can <laughs> just disgusting and, yeah which because he doesn't even want he doesn't even want to wash a bowl like the uh sink is just you know filled with dirty dishes but yeah you know he can't wash a bowl so he's just gonna drink it straight out of the can so who cares who yeah. cares about bowls when you're sad <laughs> unfortunately true or lazy (laughs) yeah yeah he um very quickly we learn is suicidal yeah well he doesn't try to make uh he he doesn't try to hide it either he's just like very bluntly telling people he wants to kill himself yeah to the point of like they're like hey you need to do this he's like why i'm just gonna kill myself it doesn't matter yeah which he does kind of talk about it like i think even in this first episode says it feels like a superpower to me like because uh, I could do whatever I want, and whenever I'm done doing whatever I want, I could just kill myself afterwards. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he always has it to fall back on. Yeah. Is, is his words. Which he tells his boss, after his boss tells him that he needs to stop harassing the employees that he works with so often. Yes. Which his boss is also his brother-in-law. Yes. Matt is his name. Um, and yes, yeah, so like the first introduction is really just him going into uh, work and immediately just being super shitty to everybody yeah the person that he sits across to is yeah i'm gonna look at lenny just to make sure 
uh, Lenny is his name. And the thing with Lenny is that him, Tony and Lenny are good friends. Yeah. Um, but he also just mocks Lenny viciously. Yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't it... S- no, I was going to say, uh, doesn't it kind of introduce to him, like, grabbing the back fat of his neck and going on about how it's kind of like a stress plushie? I think that's episode yeah. two, that part happens. Okay. But yeah, it yeah. is him just making fun of how fat he is and how he eats and everything like that. Right, and how he's just eating all the time. He's just like, it's like, yeah, you eat before you come to work, you come to work and do nothing but eat, and then when you go home, I'm guessing you just eat some more, right? I got some more emergency snacks. Oh, great, great, <laughs> like, great. And you, and you go to bed and you eat in bed too. Yeah, I have emergency snacks next to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> There's that, and I think it's... Kath? Was the other one? The, one the who... redhead? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kath, uh, she just... Asks like little weird random questions all the time, and he always mocks her for saying things that are dumb. Yes, basically, because um, she, I think everybody has a cath in their life. Uh, they don't really have hobbies or interests or anything like that. They just kind of watch, e- exist, and watch. Yeah, and they just kind of like watch movies, or watch comedy movies, and exist. Yeah, they go to work, and that's who they are. They they're that person that goes to work. Yeah, it's it's totally not a black mirror to look into. <laughs> You have hobbies, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I probably have too many hobbies. Yeah. And introducing them and the kind of characters and archetypes that those are. We also get introduced to somebody who's, because this is a paper. He works at a local paper is the yeah. thing. Um, and his job is writing up special interest stories. For, or what you would call a special interest story for yeah, the for a small local village they, they, work, they live and work in. It's, it's small stuff like cat stuck in a tree or stain yeah. on wall looks like person. Which or, I think is also kind of like a little... Black Mirror thing, because we grew up in a very small town together. Yes. And local papers didn't really have a whole lot to write about. So, like, I was actually in the local paper for a couple of times, mostly for school, like, because I played sports and like, oh, sports teams. And like, these people on the sports team went to or uh, traveled four hours to go uh, compete and blah, 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 or something like that. And then, like, the one time I got into the paper because I got hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made the front page that day. I helped. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> He wasn't driving, but he did point the driver in the right direction. Like that guy right there. <laughs> I feel like I need to add context to the story. <laughs> um, so we were kids, right? We yeah. we were ra- we we're poor. We were poor kids. We were raised very poor. Our our parents worked and they did what they could, but uh, that's what it was in that town. Yeah. Um, and so we would always scrounge together change, whatever we could find on the ground or just in weird machines or whatever we could do to like legally get snacks and sodas and stuff like that and keep yeah. ourselves entertained in the small town. And I think it was like we were. It's it was. I think the mo- town in whole in total, it's like maybe a mile long, maybe maybe. <laughs> and we were on one side of the town, and where you lived was on the other. Yeah. I, to give context to how small this town is, uh, technically, twelve hundred people live in that town, but that includes like the surrounding area and like all the farmland of the town too. Yeah. Uh, to put it in more context, which nobody's under- going to understand this, but I live extremely close to work. I live within seeing distance of work. If I got on my roof, I could see the place where I work right now. Yeah. The town we lived in was smaller than that. <laughs> Probably. Like, I think my mom freaks out a lot of times because like, like, oh, yeah, like I had to drive 25 minutes to get here. It's like, oh, so that's like driving to the next town over almost. Kind of, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we lived in a small town. So like me and another person were like, Robbie, listen, you have 85 cents at home. <laughs> You gotta go get it. You gotta get that eighty five yeah. cents and we can get this other liter of soda. And so you did it. Yeah, I, I rode my bike back to my place. It was raining and we we're terrible pre people. 
I mean, we always ran around in the rain anyways. We didn't think, it, I don't think twice about running out in the rain now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think the thing about, the funniest thing and the thing that my sister, because my sister likes to tell the story to people. Yeah. Is, because uh, I thought I had like maybe a dollar in my piggy bank and I opened up my piggy bank and I think I had like 12 cents in there. Great. I had like two nickels and two pennies. <laughs> and so I grabbed that and I'm like, cool, like that's good enough, I guess. And then got back on my bike and started riding back to the gas station so I can meet up with you guys. And like, because it was raining, somebody turned the corner because people like to drive too fast in small towns and stuff like that. And like, because it was raining and like, because I'd been riding my bike to get there and I was going to ride my bike to go get back over to you guys, my glasses are kind of fogging up. I wasn't really paying attention. They just turned the corner going too fast. They also weren't paying attention and I got hit by a car. Yep. And flew off, uh, had to go to the hospital, had some minor bumps and bruises. That's all that was. Like, had to go do intensive care. Like, the ambulance was called and everything because everyone was freaking out and thought I got more hurt than I actually was. Right. But yeah, I just had some bruising, had some road rash. Uh, they checked me for everything and I was fine. Uh, I think the funny thing about that is my mom had health insurance at the time. And so she made me pay for the hospital bill because after, <laughs> after insurance took care of everything, the hospital bill was eight bucks. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is back before, like, we were completely being screwed over by the medical system. Yeah, yeah. Now that would be four or $5,000. Yeah. I mean, just the ambulance right alone. Yeah. Even though it was, like, you know, a couple blocks to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's that, uh, to add context of how small <laughs> add, that town is. Yeah. Um, and to add context of how Dry put or played his part of me getting hit by a car, I guess. Yeah, I'm not innocent. <laughs> um, You're not exactly guilty either. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so very, very small town like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's also easier for us to kind of understand like the small town living that this show is portraying. Yeah. Of, of how like, you know, that you get written in the no- local paper because you have like this weird potato that kind of looked like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is what, uh, Tony covers. He covers yeah. all these weird special interest stories. That's his job. He is not passionate about the job. No, not at all. Like he even tells his boss, like, I don't even do anything here. Like. What am I going to write about? Because like someone got lo- or got their cat lost in a tree. Woohoo! Yeah. Um. But yeah. So somebody new comes to the small little paper in the town. Um. What? What's her name? Uh. Sandy. Sandy, Sandy is her name. Yes. Um. And she comes to the paper, and it is Tony's job to show her the ropes about everything that they do, and introduce her to people, and just get her to being comfortable with being here. Um. Because whereas Tony is extremely upfront about everything that he's feeling and says exactly what he wants to say, um, his brother-in-law slash boss very much is not that. He's yeah. like corporate boss you could imagine everywhere. He kind of has like that, listen, everybody has problems. Everybody deals with it. You can deal with it too. Get back to work. Yeah. Don't bring any of this to work. Just be a, be a human being and just do your job. Yeah. Kind of thing. But in like a nice way. Because <laughs> he's kind of, he's too nice. Yeah. Well, it's almost like he doesn't have a backbone level of nice. Yes. Yeah. Because like he even tells him like, you know, uh, I think Tony even tells him in that episode that like, like, you're not going to do anything. Like, you're not going to fire me because of this. Like, right. I, I can do whatever I want. You're not going to do anything about it. Like, people walk over you all the time. Kath had three periods le- or this month because uh, she likes having Fridays off. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he realized, like, yeah, you're right. I, I do take it easy on everybody. Well, he tries defending himself and then he goes out to like the guy who like delivers papers for them and tells yeah. him like, don't just. Don't uh, don't just dump them all into a bin this time. Like just actually deliver the papers this time. It's like yeah, cool, cool, cool. Can can, can I get my money now? And like kind of thing. You kind of realize like oh, he's getting a drug addict to deliver these papers, and because he's a drug addict, he's not delivering these papers. Yeah, he's a uh, he is looks like a drug addict. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen one, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can say really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
not exactly dirty, he, but not exactly clean, you know? Has that stereotype, you know? A little bit unkempt, but not yeah. like completely unkempt. Uh, kind of sketchy, over, always looking over his shoulders, a little bit slumped over. Yeah. A little bit pale. You know the look. You know the look. <laughs> <laughs> and Tony is standing there, and he's like, you are going to throw those into the... Are you going to go get drugs and then throw those into the river? He's like, well, figure I'll throw them into the river first, then go get drugs. Like, at the drugs first, I'll probably forget to do the river thing. He's like, yep, yep, good point. Well, enjoy your drugs. <laughs> yeah, and then just walks away. <laughs> um, super, this, this show is super fucking dark. Yeah. Super, super fucking dark. Oh, you also get it introduced to his dad in this episode. Yes. Where he go because, you know, so he does, he wakes up in the morning, he goes to see his dad for maybe about 10 minutes, and then mm-hmm. goes and visits the grave of his wife. Uh, I think even in this first episode, no, he just visits uh, the grave. Of the just visits one. the grave, yeah. Yeah, and then goes to work, and then kind of slacks off at work, and then goes home. And feed, oh, yeah, feeds his dog. Feeds his dog, takes his dog on a walk, and that's his day. He yeah. drinks himself to sleep. Yeah, then drinks himself to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's 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 really this first episode, is that introduction and being shown that there is this archive of videos that he watches over and over and over again of his wife. That's That's yeah. all he does. He doesn't go home and watch TV. He doesn't listen to music anymore. Uh, he goes home, he feeds his dog, pets his dog, and drinks till he sleeps watching these videos. Um, it's depressing. It is. <laughs> but it does, like, paint a picture of, like, if you if you don't like the show from this first episode, you're not going to like the rest of the show. Absolutely not. Because this is, like, this is the road that you're going down by watching this. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that really is the first episode, though. Mm-hmm. So now on to episode two. Actually, there is one one big plot that we did forget on episode one. Not plot, an occurrence. Yeah. These two uh, kids come up and try and mug him. Right. Okay. I thought that happened in episode two for some reason. Yeah, that one is episode one. Okay, yeah. Um, which is kind of shows where like his mindset is, because like, I guess that actually is a pretty common occurrence in London. Like People don't mm-hmm. talk about it as much, because shootings in America are super common, but so are stabbings in in London, because yeah. it's just one of those, like, they don't have access to guns, and so they just get a gang of people to gang up on one person to, to mug them, and if they don't give them what they want, they stab them. Yeah. Kind of thing. Sad reality about the UK, but just is what it is. And it kind of shows that here with like two kids just like walk up to him like, hey, you got money? What? Yeah. You got money? Yeah. Give it to me then. No. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, if you don't, I'll, all right, if you don't, I'll fucking kill you. He's like, oh, that, that's what you're going to do? You're going to threaten to kill me? Is that it? Hmm? But yeah, I thought that happened in episode two. Like, he's like, tell him like, go ahead, do it. I don't, I don't even care anymore. And like, they're kind of taken back of like, what do you mean? Just do it. And he's like, just do it. I don't care if you kill me. Ends up hitting one of them in the face with a can of dog food and breaking his nose. Because he's walking home from the grocery store yeah, with and one can of dog food. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of those, you know, foresight things. Like, oh, he needs to eat today. Might as well get a can of dog food. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm going to have to go back tomorrow and do the same damn thing. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. I guess, I don't know. I guess it probably works that way because it'd be easier to hit him with a can of dog food instead of trying to hit him with the pla- or with a plastic bag that's filled with cans of dog food and yeah, then have yeah. dog food spilling out everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, uh, looks like he breaks the kid's nose and then just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that is episode one. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was episode two for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, episode two, um, like every episode, opens up with him watching a video of his wife. Yeah. Which is kind of like a nice little thing of just like... Seeing his wife, you know, trying to tell him everything's going to be okay is a, yeah. kind of like a nice but depressing way to open up every single episode. It is. It's nice because it's like, here's these wonderful messages from this person you love yeah. uh, who has made it very clear, like, this was my world. Like, being married to her is what I was. That was right. who I was. And then just having, like, 
that like stripped away from him and makes him feel like he's like empty and he has nothing left to live for. And then it's like that thing of like even in her dying moments, she's still like strong enough and brave enough to be like, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Uh it's it's heartbreaking and it's it's really good though. <laughs> but to give even a stronger start to this one, it starts off with that, but then immediately cuts to him in the bathtub are holding a razor to his wrist, trying to like basically get the bravery to, you know, slit his wrist open in the bathtub. And then his dog barks at him and he's like, Oh, you're hungry. I should probably feed you. Yeah. And so, which even does say is almost like a throwaway line in the first episode is that like, Oh yeah, I almost uh, killed myself last week. The only reason I didn't is because I realized that that dog need to eat and like dog is going to be hungry without me. Yeah. And so like, he's kind of using his dog as an excuse to still be alive at this point. Yeah. Without, trying to admit that like maybe he doesn't want to be dead right which we'll, we'll get further on to that into the episodes because i thought like yeah. it's something that i picked on pretty early on in the or picked up on pretty early in the show but it does more or less say it out loud towards the end of it yeah yeah so yeah when he goes to visit his wife great his wife's grave this time there's actually somebody there on yeah. the bench he meets this older woman named Anne who had lost her husband somewhat recently also so she's also a grieving widow and she's talking to the grave of her husband and he just kind of asks her like as you know, kind of being a bit of a smart ass about it. Like, oh, does he answer back? Like, yeah, yeah, he does answer back kind um, of thing. And like basically asks him like why he's there and like, oh, it's like, is it your mom's grave? He's like, no, it's it's my wife's grave. And she's like, yeah, this is my husband's grave. I had 48 years with him. It's like, yeah, well, at least you got 48 years. That's more than I got. Yeah. And then just walks away. Yeah. Which once again, just him being an asshole for no reason. Yeah. Because that, that's his motto at this point is like, I want to be the villain. The villain always gets what they want. Yeah. And they're never punished for it. So I want some of that is basically his his reasoning. Yeah. Ghost work has the general antics that he does at work yeah. mocking and everybody. I think this is when he does. Yeah, the, th- this might have been because like this is whenever he's you know supposed to be teaching Anne how to do special interest stories and everything. And yeah. instead of teaching her how to do that, he's squeezing the back fat of the neck of his friend and talking about how it's kind of like a plushie and how soft it is and all this other stuff. And she looks at him and like, you're, you're going to let him do that to you? And he's like, oh, well, gives him something to laugh at at the end of the day. Yeah. Like it kind of shows like his friend, he kind of cares, but not enough to say anything. Yeah, like, he doesn't like that he's being made fun of, but also, he, like, still wants to be there for his friend. Right. And yeah. so, like, he thinks, like, maybe if I just let him be an asshole, maybe he won't kill himself, or maybe he'll feel better about himself kind of thing, and so he just deals with it. Yeah. Which, I feel like that's most people in his life early on in the show, is, like, they're just dealing with him because they know that he's still grieving. Yeah, 100%. They just let him get away with whatever because they are too afraid to say uh, no, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then the other thing happens of he is talking to, like, the drug dealers leaving after getting paid when he comes in. And he's like, hey, what what are you going to do that? Buy drugs. Oh, oh, buy, buy drugs. What are you going to do? And he's like, mm, grass, smack, gear. Like, oh, well, I think I might want to do that. Like, what? Like, yeah, it just kind of is like that, really? Kind yeah. of. It's like, yeah, I want to try heroin. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Straight up says, I want to try heroin. Like, like uh, okay, okay. <laughs> like how how much would that cost like just just for one just for like one heroin <laughs> he's like um it's like one one try he's like yeah he's like but not not much he's like okay and he like pulls out 20 pounds he's like here you go i just just for the one uh you keep the rest but, he's like how about tonight round seven he's like yeah i'll i'll be there he's like okay great great and then he ends up talking to his boss slash brother-in-law matt yeah um he's like hey i have a thing tonight we're going on a date could you watch my son George? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Looks like the kid. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. And so he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch George for you. 
Um, so he brings he brings George by, and they're sitting there. He's like, "Hey, you want a drink?" Uh, now, what I thought was funny is he's, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, uh, how long are you gonna take?" And yeah. he's just like, "Oh yeah, like we'll oh, we'll be ending around seven. He's like seven. I have a thing around seven. Can you pick me up a little <laughs> bit earlier than seven? What do you mean you have a thing? I have a thing. Yeah. Could you just pick him up before seven? <laughs> Which his thing is, he's gonna do some heroin. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't exactly want his nephew around while he's having a heroin. Yeah. <laughs> um." And so he's like, he really does enjoy, like he, his performance like lights up whenever he's like talking to the nephew character, yeah. uh, which is nice. Cause it's like, Hey, he like really does have something to like, that really does brighten his day that makes him really happy. Cause so very few things yeah. have made him happy so far. And well, it, it's one of the few times that like, he's still being some of an asshole, but he's like, at least being kind of cute and funny about it. Like, Hey, do you want a drink? And like, like, yeah, sure. It's like, Oh, I guess a shot of whiskey for you then. Right. And then gives him a diet Coke. Yeah. Then. then he's like talking. He's like, "You have you have your tea yet?" He's like, "No." He's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm a little hungry too." To the diner. All right, let's go. Got your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just being uncle humor, basically. Yeah, uncle humor. Uh, if you're an uncle, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get to the diner, and this is one of those clips that I've seen clipped out of this show. Yeah, a lot, I, I think before I seen there's this and one other clip that I've seen of the show that I didn't know was from the show until I watched it today. Yeah, and this was one of them. And it's there at the diner, and he's like, well, we'll take two kids' servings of the fish and beans. Fish and beans. And he's like, oh, well, he can have the fish and beans, because it's on the kids' menu, but what do you want? He's like, well, I'm just, I'm not very hungry, so I'll just take the fish and beans, too. He's like, well, well, it's on the kids' menu, so you you can't do that. You have to get an adult menu item. It's like, well, why? I'm not very hungry. I don't want to eat that much. He's like, well, it's for the kids. It's a smaller portion. He's like, right, it's a smaller portion, so it's so cheaper. That's why it's on the kids' menu. So I would like that, please. Sir, you have to order something. Okay. Well, he'll have fish and beans twice, and, and I'll, I'll have, have coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm not very hungry. So she brings it out, and she's like, here's his two plates of fish and beans. And He's here's gonna- your coffee, and then just staring daggers at him the whole time. Yeah, and then like goes back behind the counter, and the chef's like, he's going to eat both those plates then? Uh, and he's just like staring <laughs> yeah. at them, looks at them. He's like, those are good, good. Looks back at them, just dead eye stares at them. With his hand, grabs the fish sticks, swipes them across the beans and toast, and just shoves it all in his mouth. <laughs> and they're it's just shocked. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's such, you've probably seen it, honestly. I've seen it clipped out everywhere. It's hilarious. It is. It's pretty great. I, I've seen that joke done other times, too, because it's always like, oh, well, it, it's normally not that one. It's back whenever they used to do, like, the kids eat for free thing. Yeah. So, like, it's like, you know, you order something, and then you can get something off the kids menu for free that they would do. And, like, people always made jokes about that of, like, oh, yeah, uh... Like the kid, he'll have the twenty pieces of buffalo wings, and I'll have hot dog and water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's almost the same feeling of like you want to go to the McDonald's and get it, yourself a happy meal, but like, but you're thirty. It's like, yeah, but I'm not hungry, so I just want four nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> it's that same kind of feeling. Yeah. After that, they end up going home. He's like, "Where the fuck are they? Come on!" Yeah, and like just hoping that it's, um, yeah, hoping it's uh, not the drug guy. Hoping that it's. His brother-in-law, Matt. Oh, yeah, that, is, that Matt is there, and he hears yeah, the doorbell, like, and it is. Yeah, because like, he hears the doorbell and goes, please be Matt, please be Matt, please be Matt. <laughs> yeah, and so he goes over, there and he's like, oh, thank God, and he like just basically shoves the kid out the door. He's like, all right, bye, have a great day, George. He's like, uh, and then right behind there, you see yeah. the drug dealer walking up with a giant, plas- or giant Which paper bag. is Julian in this. Julian? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, he's like, please be Matt, please be Matt, and then like he opens the door, it's Matt, shoves the kid out, and then Julian walks up to him like, like while he's still at the door, yeah. And Matt's like, "Hey, what are you? What are you doing here? Bringing drugs? Like, don't not bringing drugs. Don't. Why would you say that? <laughs> um, Just super upfront about it. Yeah. Uh, also, one thing that we didn't mention is there is a character 
that doesn't really do much in this first season, I'll say. But he has introduced the mailman, mailman Pat. Yeah, uh, which uh, it's mostly him, or it's mostly Pat and Tony. Tony just kind of being dicks to each other. Yeah, because like the very first episode, he walks out the door, is like, "Oh, here's your mail. Oh, just put it in the box." It's like, yeah, but you're right here. It's like, yeah, but the box is right there. It's like, yeah, but I can. You're standing right here. I can just give it to you right here. Yeah, but I don't want to carry my mail with me. Just put it in the fucking box. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't. Uh, why would I carry my? Why would I carry my letters with me? Just go and put it in the box. Like, why don't you put it in the box? Yeah, because I'm not a postman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'd save me the trip. It's like you're paid for the trip. <laughs> so like, they're both being petty. They're both in the wrong with this one, if you ask me. Because like, you know, it is just right there. You can walk five feet to go put it in the fucking box, but at yeah. the same time, you're standing right there. You can put it in your own box. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, their interactions are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and in the second episode, he's there again. And um, I think it's he gets like a letter. He gets a postcard. Yeah, postcard. And he's like, it's from blah, 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 and blah. Says they're having a great time. Like, oh, yeah. What else does my letter say that's addressed to me? Yeah. <laughs> he tells him, like, great. I guess I don't ha- I guess if I'm ever blind, you're the postman that I need to have. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. And I just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah. Uh, Julian, the drug addict, gets there. And he's like, so I don't want to inject it in my veins. I don't want to do that. He's like, well, the best way would probably be just put a little bit in some weed and smoke it. Yeah. He's like, okay. So he does that, and he's smoking it. And there's a passing mention of like him saying, like, I just, nobody really understands how I feel. And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then he like rolls up the, the insane, what, what do kids call weed nowadays? Is, that, is it just weed? I think they just still call it weed. I think in this show they call it hash. Yeah, I think that's like the British terminology for it. Yeah. But, uh, well, we'll call it just weed. We'll yeah. just be old men. <laughs> I mean, hash is also marijuana. Old man. <laughs> the um, marijuana. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a callback. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah he, he smokes. He sm- starts smoking that. Yeah, it starts smoking the heroin slash weed mixture, and ends up falling as like starts falling asleep on his couch. But before he falls asleep on his couch, like while he's dozing off, he notices Julian takes money out of his wallet and walks and walks out of the house. Yeah, and just leaves. But then I think it also kind of shows down a path that he could be going because like while he's going to lay down on the couch, he kind of imagines himself laying down on his wife's lap. Yeah. And so which he like kind of has... shows that there's like a sense of comfort in doing this heroin weed combo. Yeah. Yeah. It's it starts to show like this is very this is how people get on that path. Like right, this is exactly. how you get people who are addicted to drugs. I mean, yeah, and I guess on a very lesser path of that, one thing that I found with myself is like, if I drink a couple of beers, I sleep better at night, yeah. and I realize that like, oh, this is something that could be a problem, so I probably shouldn't drink that often. <laughs> yeah, which I don't drink that often. I think I drink more for this podcast than I have ever. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. which is like a beer a week, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I got too drunk a few weeks like probably about a month ago and i haven't really drank since <laughs> <laughs> I, I might i might drink later now. um but yeah that's how that episode ends yeah um that's end of episode two uh start of episode three Woo-hoo. Um, Which, yeah we just went one after the other whenever we watched these yeah we just we binged it literally binged it like it was just a movie um to be fair i think we've watched movies that are longer than this one season we have we have we've watched a few actually that are yeah. longer than this um by quite a bit yeah even. <laughs> um so yeah uh like all episodes starts with a video from his wife um the thing that i think we haven't really mentioned on every time he's watching these videos you can see the tears and pain on his face yeah 
And you could definitely see someone who's grieving for loss or has a sense of loss. Yeah, and that's like the most painful parts to see on this is this the quiet grieving because it's also so very relatable. I think for a lot of people, is just that thing that is just tearing you up inside, and you, you don't talk about it, you don't say anything, and it's just you do you're just experiencing it. Yeah, um, I think that this shows this show shows that very well. Um, along with a lot of the exaggerated comedy stuff. And one thing that I think a lot of shows about grief and stuff like that don't really get right, and it's just passing moments in this even, but for some reason they stand out to me more in this, are like the little moments where he's just going on a walk or walking his dog. Right. And it's just this piano melody in the background, and it's it's really a transition yeah. kind of scene, but like it just feels bigger than it is i think what it is is because whenever you're grieving for something like that at least in my experience there's always that sense of like whenever things get quiet is whenever it really starts to hit harder whenever the world is a little bit quieter you can realize that like oh things are kind of fucked up right now aren't they yeah and this show does it very well of showing how like those quiet moments are just eating him up inside yeah because you know he always has those moments wherever he's you know being a dick to somebody and like those are loud and they're funny and kind of bombastic in the way that he's acting around them but then there's those quiet moments whenever he doesn't have anyone to lash out at and it just kind of shows that like it hits him harder whenever he's not lashing out at somebody yeah yeah which i I think is very true to the human experience Mm -hmm. um but yeah the uh first thing that he does basically (laughs) is he goes and he finds the uh, finds, Julian. Yeah, finds Julian. Like, hey, you owe me 60 quid. Yeah, and he's like, what? What? And he's like, yeah, you stole my money last night. He's like, yeah, but like, what did you even spend it on? Drugs? Yeah, drugs. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, you you owe me that back. He's like, okay. Um, What'd you spend it on? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, what? what is this? Do you live in this garage? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, uh, I got kicked out of my other one. He's like, no, no, the question wasn't why are you living in this garage? It's why are you in a garage in general? Uh, it was a great, it's a great yeah. moment. And he's, t- the, Julian's talking to a prostitute, uh, sex worker. Yeah, sorry. which she keeps, she keeps on, <laughs> every single time she's called a prostitute in this, she has to correct him back, I'm a sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> it was very good. Um, and he just starts having, like, this very open conversation with her about everything. About uh, working as a sex worker, which, the way that she even says, like, I'm a sex worker in there is, it's very reminiscent of, like, calling someone a waitress and she corrects you by saying she's a server yeah <laughs> like it's that kind of conversation like they're not it's not like really like oh it's like oh my bad you're server sorry kind of thing but it, instead of that it's like sex worker sorry not prostitute sex worker yeah <laughs> um anyway you want me to do anything for you what, what do you mean just anything what do you want me to do yeah. she's like all right she tells him 50 bucks i'll do whatever you want me to do he's like anything right she's like yeah it's like slow walk away zooms into the house and setup of yeah kind of hear her moaning and turns out like the reason she's moaning is because there's a smell coming out of his <laughs> sink while she's doing dishes yeah so he just paid her 50 bucks to clean to house clean the house um and she's like how many fish and beans have you eaten <laughs> like just don't doesn't matter just clean it yeah. <laughs> uh she gets done with that or like her hour is up rather yeah and you're like so like how much cheaper than that is it then if i like got a maid she's like well, normally maids charge like ten an hour. He's like, "Are you telling me I could have gotten five hours out of you?" Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> cup of tea. She's like, "I guess." He's like, no, no, no. I'm offering you a cup of tea. Oh, 
no, I'm good. I have places to be. <laughs> Pays her 50 bucks. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah, really. Like, that's yeah. all you want me to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's all I want you to do. Go, like, go away now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, I, I really like their connection in this show, actually. Yeah. Uh, they have a really, really good chemistry between those two. They have a really good back and forth. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, he, uh, also every, every episode, at this point, the things the things that always happen. There's a scene at the ha- office where he's mocking people. Yeah. There is a scene where he's visiting his dad, talking to the nurse. Um. There's always a scene where he goes to visit the grave. Like that's that's every episode. Yeah. Um. And each one of them is like an interaction because like now he has Anna at the grave, so he has interactions with Anna and talks to her a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit of him talking to his dad. A little bit of him talking to the nurse, which they I guess we haven't really said yet. His dad has dementia. Yes. So, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. Which is. That alone is heartbreaking, but, you know, it's one of those things, like, he gets mad at his dad because, you know, he'll tell him, like, oh, you, you should have brought your wife with you. Yeah. Whose name is escaping me now. Lisa. Lisa, yeah, you should have brought, like, where's Lisa? You bring Lisa with you next time. He goes, dad, she's dead. I can't bring Lisa with me, okay? She's dead. Like, you need to put this through your head kind of thing. And yeah. the nurse eventually, I think it was actually this episode, tells him, like, you shouldn't talk to him that way about it. And she's just like, yeah, but pains me every single time that he brings her up it's like yeah but it's not his fault though yeah yeah and maybe this is personal but i feel like the story with his father hits pretty hard um our grandpa yeah i was gonna say there has been dementia in our family and yeah there was a little bit of heartbreak with that too it is it it's it's hard to go and visit somebody and just have them just not even know who you are anymore. Yeah. It's it's really it's it's one of those things to where like you you always say like when I get old I hope I'm not this way and stuff like that, but like it's it is I think harder on the people around the person maybe. And m- maybe not. Maybe it's my yeah. that's me misunderstanding the entire misunderstanding illness. dementia. Yeah, but it's just I mean seems... it's I think it's one of those things that there probably is like a sense of grief and loss of just not remembering anything anymore. Yeah. But I think that it comes with, because uh, there are times whenever they're still lucid. Yeah. And when they're still lucid, I think that's probably when it hits them the hardest of just like, wow, I don't remember anything, do I? Yeah. But it still hits the people around them hard too, because like you said, they just don't remember anyone anymore. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to go and see somebody and try and have a conversation with them and then just being like, I've never met you before, but I guess you're nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. So I think this grandpa story hits, uh, or the father story is yeah. really close to home, I should say. Right and now. I think that's one of those things that, like, why it's hits harder for us is because there is that personal experience of having to deal with that too. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, the nurse does uh like tell him off. Yeah, saying like you need to be nicer to him. Yeah. Um, she doesn't like say it in like a mean way or anything like that. She's just like you know he doesn't like he doesn't know what's going on. Like you know you probably shouldn't you can't blame him for not knowing what's going on. Yeah, it's not his fault. Yeah, and the conversation that he ends up having with uh, Anne at yeah. the graveyard is uh, talking about, like, apologizing and stuff like that. Yeah, and saying, like, hey, like, you should apologize to her. It's like, for what? And it's like, just in general, just apologize in general for her. Yeah. Um, it's it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think if, like, honestly, those scenes with Anne are really beautiful, in my opinion, because, they like, are. it kind of brings some light to a dark situation, which the show does a really good balance of that, too, of, like, bringing... Like moments of light to a dark situation. Yeah, and it's also the thing with the character of Tony. Um, like this is like the one person he feels like he never has to like convince of like his pain. Like this is the one person he knows yeah. for sure understands yes. what he's going yeah, through. Yeah, who just completely gets it. Yeah, and so it feels like 
this is like one of the very few times like these one scenes where he has those conversations with her feels like he's not like trying to like make a front of like what he thinks he's supposed to be or be this awful person or be this great person or anything like that he's just able to be who he is and say what he wants to say yeah without Which, being judged i think that's actually one of those things that we completely forgot about too is that throughout this entire time another place that he goes to in every single episode is therapy yes. and his therapist <laughs> is just a fucking asshole just the fucking worst yeah <laughs> Like, I remember he was talking about how, like, the only thing that he cared about was his wife. And, like, he ended up um, saying, like, the reason why he's such a, so shaped to everybody is because that's the only thing that he cared about was his wife. And now she's gone. And since she's gone, he doesn't care about anybody else now. So why should he be nice to anybody? And then his therapist compares him to a guy who would think about his dead or think about his wife getting hit with a baseball bat or something or like how he would think she, about murdering his wife, wife with a baseball bat, bat while he masturbated while, while he masturbated and just like it's like why are you telling me this it's like oh just let you know you're not the only one with problems what <laughs> like yeah you're not the only person that's fucked up it's like you shouldn't even be telling you that i didn't say his name <laughs> yeah because he says uh one of my clients is what yeah. he says it's like i didn't tell you or his name you shouldn't be telling confidentiality <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's he's literally the Worst therapist ever. I think it's what people who think of therapy think therapy is going to be. It's the, oh, he's the worst. He's yeah. just the worst. Which I will say it's one of those things like, you know, if you go to therapy, there's a good chance you're going to meet someone who you don't really. There has to be some level of compatibility with the therapist. For sure. And so like every now and then, like you'll meet a therapist who's just not who you need to talk to. Yeah. And that's OK. So it just means you need to find a different therapist. Yeah. But like, I think this is kind of the worst traits of what a therapist could be put into one person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another character gets introduced in this episode at the office. Um, they call him the Nutter. He's crazy, right? Right. Um, Brian. Brian. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's in a couple of other Ricky Gervais things. Uh, one of them is a Netflix show. He plays essentially the same character, honestly. Um, just a dude who's like kind of super gross and weird and like yeah. uncomfortable to look at. Um. He is very much a person who he wants to be in the local newspaper, but he has he doesn't have a story to tell. Right. And like that's even the thing. Like he knows he doesn't really have a story, but he's like he's just sad and lonely. Yeah. He's like, I just I, it would really help me help to do this. Um and so he like it, it kind of has the same energy of somebody who's re- like you said, really lonely. Yeah. Just wants to talk to somebody, yeah. but doesn't know what to talk about. So yeah. he just makes things up as he goes along because he just needs someone to be there for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um and he's just like you could you could write a story about me or, or anything happening in my life. Do you have a, do you have a comedy section? I have a lot of jokes. Um, what do you get when you mix? Oh, I can't remember that. joke. I think either. it was my wife and a five tentacle octopus. Oh yeah, or no, uh, uh, injured octopus and uh, and my ex wife. Oh yeah, and there's like a five tentacled slut or something like that. Yeah. I forget the joke. Or five legged exactly. whore or something. Yeah, like five legged whore. It's like, okay. Like, it's not a great joke, but okay. <laughs> Basically him lashing out about he's angry at his wife. Yes. Or at his ex-wife. Yes, which is a lot of his character. Yeah. Uh, he's very broken. We get to see later as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that character yeah, that, gets introduced and it was, in this episode. It was, yeah, it, that happens, and then he basically chases him off. Like, yeah, we, we don't have a comedy section. Like, you're going to have... If you have a story, we'll write a story. But until then, like, you, you got to leave. Yeah. He's like, listen, if you... Anything. Anything, really. We can write about it. Do you see what's on this front page? Just... You have to have a story, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, you find a cat in a tree, whatever. Like, whatever it is. Just find something. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. And then leaves. Um, And then and, the episode ends on just a fucking bummer. 
of a, it's it's beautiful and super sad at the same time. It's the it's taking his um his dog, dog to, the to the beach. Yeah, which kind of adds on to like how the second episode began, wherever he you know he was kind of weighing the choices of slitting his wrist in the bathtub, and like mm-hmm. this time. Because he watches a video with his wife of saying, like, you should take your, take the dog to the beach because both of you used to love the beach. And I think you'll still love it or love going together to the beach. He's yeah. Like, yeah, you want to go to the beach together, boy? And, like, takes his dog to the beach and then is out there looking at the ocean. This is another one of those quiet moments where kind of gravity sets in a little bit more. And as he's looking out into the ocean, takes off his jacket and just starts walking out into the ocean. Yeah, and not swimming, just yeah, walking. Yeah, just walking. And then gets to the point to where... His head goes under, and his dog is barking at him, and then has another moment wherever he just goes back up to the surface and starts swimming back to the shore, realizing that he cannot go through with it. Yeah. And then he's like, you, Which, you hungry boy? And pets his dog and picks up his jacket and... Walks back walks, home, walks back soaking home. wet. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's how the episode ends. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then, honestly, I think episode four might be one of the heaviest episodes for me. It it's super super heavy. Um, it has one of the most shocking jokes in it. It's like starts the episode off, but uh, we'll we'll get to the ending in a little bit of that episode. But yeah, I like the joke that starts it off because it's just shocking. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like without context, this would make no sense. He's talking to the therapist. Yeah, and the therapist is like, um, going through Twitter. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm, ha- I'm having an argument with a troll on Twitter. Well, he's like pouring his heart out to him about things yeah <laughs> and he's like i don't even know like why you're so upset about this because you can just find another woman like you can find another bird you know it's ex- actually extremely rare between most species for anybody to even be <laughs> monogamous uh most things will just go through i forget the animal that he mentions uh it's a field mouse or something like the australian yeah. field mouse yeah you know what they do all they do their entire purpose in life is they as fuck they as fuck and they just take what they want and they just do it 150 times a day, and then they die. They just rape, and they have babies, and that's it. And then they die. Um, he's like, okay. And then it like, cuts to him at the front desk paying. He's like, so what are you going to do with your day? I'm going to rape myself till I die. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just like a poor, super, like, yeah, what? <laughs> this poor front desk clerk just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really great way to start off the episode. <laughs> Um, the, the big conflict that happens in this one as well. Um, this one deals a bit more Julian, I would say. It does deal more with Julian. Um, but also it starts the plot line of Matt bugging Tony to go on a date. Yeah. No, I think, cause he goes on a date in this episode, doesn't he? He does, but yeah. it like starts with him being okay, like, I thought you it, need to go on this Yeah, thing. I thought it started on the last episode for some reason, but. Oh, it might've, yeah. he might've brought it up, but. Um, yeah. Like, well, he brings up like, hey, like. I like you're a widow. I know this other widow. Both you should go on a date. Both you have at least have that in common. Yeah. Uh, he's like, no, no I'm, I'm never going to do that. That sounds awful. Oh, why would I ever do that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, eventually, he does agree to go on this date and he goes and she's just terrible. Yeah. She is the female version of him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because she calls him out on his bullshit. There's nothing he can say about it because she is the female version of him. Yeah. He's like, do you ever say anything that isn't just sarcastic bullshit? He's like, well, I mean, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I feel sarcastic and bullshit, and like I should just do what I want. And she's like, oh, who, who fucking cares? Like everybody has problems. Everybody has a thing they have to deal yeah. with. You're not special for being sad. She says the one thing I was almost expecting Matt to tell him at, uh, later on in the se- series is whenever she's just like, 
She's are oh, like, well, if you really want to die and you really want to kill yourself, just do it. Like my husband had no problem doing it. Like he wanted to kill himself and he killed himself. Like what <laughs> the was, hell, what the fuck are you waiting for? He was terrible at almost everything in life, but I got to <laughs> hand it to him. That one thing, yeah. he fucking nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Like Jesus, yeah, Christ. which got fucking dark. Yeah, <laughs> and like they're in the middle of a restaurant while they're saying this, and like he has this big cup of whiskey that he's just chugging, and she has a cup of, or I think she's on like her third glass of wine at this point. Champagne, yeah. champagne, yeah. <laughs> and they're both just getting drunk, and neither of them even order food here. Yeah, they're just like go back and forth and telling, like basically, fuck you, no, fuck you, kind yeah. of just back and forth. And while they're drinking, or yeah, just drinking the entire time, too much alcohol, yeah, <laughs> and no food, <laughs> yeah. Um. They get out of there, and they're basically saying how much they hated it. Yeah, like, well, that sucked. Let's never do this again. Yeah, agree. We can at least agree on that part, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you hear a, a ruckus, and you see these two dudes on a moped trying to steal a purse from a lady. She fends them off. They don't get the purse. They try to run away. And then Tony, like, punches at them and hits them, and they have a hammer on them, and he steals the hammer. And the date's like, what were you thinking? Like, they could have killed you, or they could have had acid they could have thrown on you. He's like, I, I told you, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, and he just has this hammer now, and he yeah. like puts it in his jacket pocket and just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> then I think, yeah, it was like later on that day, he just kind of walking around and realizes like, oh, yeah, I still have a hammer in my jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, whenever he walks to work, he normally ends up walking by the elementary school that his nephew George goes to. And like he sees that George is kind of past couple of days has just been sad and kind of like not talking to anyone, just like looking down at the ground, and not yeah. playing with the other kids and decides to ask him this day like you know what's wrong like how come you're so glum today and george's just like oh oh robbie over there hit me yeah which drew my attention right away because that's my name (laughs) (laughs) and then he walks over this little fat or this little fat red-headed kid pulls out the hammer and tells him i'm a murderer and i like to kill fat little kids play nice with everybody or else I'm going to fucking kill you in your sleep because I, I, I know where you live. <laughs> and the kid's like, <gasps> yeah, just freaking out because whenever you're eight years old and an adult threatens you, it feels fucking like crazy intimidating. Yeah. It's it's this dude just coming to this kid and threatening to kill him with a hammer. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> kind of brings up, I remember whenever we were like, I think like six or seven years old, we were like playing around and we found a fire poker in the back of our grandma's yard and we were like, Pretending it was a saber or something, like kind of poking at each other with it. Oh, yeah. And one of our uncles uh, grabbed the poker out of our hand and tell us like it wasn't a toy and was yelling at us while pointing the poker at us. It felt a lot like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think that's actually in the next episode, the hammer thing. Oh, it was? Yeah. So that's actually in episode five. Okay. But yeah, that will... We'll no need to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, something that definitely happens in the show, though. Yeah. So the other thing is after that date that night, he ends up going home. And the druggie comes over. Yeah, Julian comes over. Julian comes because like he tells, told him earlier in this episode or last episode that like the sixty quid that you owe me, like you know, bring it back in hash because like, I don't want the heroin, but I do want the hash. Yeah. So that comes over. He's like, "You're here again." He's like, "Yep." Oh, I, I guess that's why they call it a habit. All right, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> Ends up making him another joint and asks him if he wants heroin in it. And he's like, "You know what? Sure, why not?" Yeah. He's like, "I I don't see how it could hurt." He's like, "Um, I feel like." you're the only person that really understands me. You're just like me. And Julian's like, no, I'm not. We're completely different. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I mean, for you, people feel bad for you. Your wife died of cancer. You guys did what you could. There's nothing you can do about it. But when people look at me, people look at me and my wife, because we learned earlier that his yeah. wife. Or uh, his, he doesn't say it's his wife. I think he just says his girlfriend or you yeah. know, the, the, his partner, right? His we partner. should say. Yeah. Um, 
because we don't know if they're married or not. Just That's says true. that. Uh, just says like you know my partner. Uh, she or she died of an overdose. Yeah. So. They just look at us and like, oh, it's a junkie. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Like she did this to herself. Why does it matter? It's her fault. So people look at me and they they see that and they 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 blame her immediately. And for me, I'm just I'm a junkie. They expect that to happen for me. He's like, well, I mean, we share the same grief. He's like, no, we we don't share the same grief. We don't feel anything alike. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you you're still out here doing everything. You haven't given up yet. Yeah. He tells him you haven't given up yet and you still have hope. He said, for me, if, if I had enough money, I would just do as much drugs as humanly possible and overdose. Yeah. And, and then. then oh. <laughs> yeah, this is where it took like a fucking heavy turn because um, Tony just empties out his wallet, gives him the money and says, don't spend it on food. Yeah. And he takes the money and he leaves the apartment, shows him going to his drug dealer. And like, it's actually very realistic how this happens, too. But like goes to his drug dealer, goes back to his dirty mattress in this random um garage yeah, in this random garage in. that he's staying in, yeah, and ends up doing enough heroin to kill himself. And that, and that that's just how the episode ends, and just Tony like laying in bed and kind of wondering, like, did I just seriously fuck up kind of thing? Kind of has that look on his face. Yeah. But like doesn't have enough energy in him to like, you know, go and tell him like this is a bad idea. Cause he knows where he lives, he knows what he did, he could have stopped it, but he doesn't. He just you know, he had to make his own bed and like there's actually this weird documentary that I saw somewhat recently too of like uh the fentanyl problem that there is in the world and like mm-hmm. this uh documentary guy was talking to a drug dealer about it and asked him like, you know, like how much it is for for like a, a tab of fentanyl basically. He's like, Oh, I can get a tab for like maybe about ten bucks. It's like, Well, I'm a first time user. Would this be safe for me to take? It's like first time? It's like, Yeah, first time. Probably kill you instantly. It's like, Really? It's like, Yep, hundred percent. Can I still buy it from you? Yeah, sure. And he's like you're, you know that this is going to kill me, but you're still going to sell it to me. It's like, that's your choice, bro. Like, you got to make that choice on your own. And me, I got to eat. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, so fucked. It, it is. It's super fucked. But, like, it's, it's kind of the way that the world goes. And it's one of those things, like, it shouldn't happen, but it does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's literally how the episode ends. Is just the last shot is him dead yeah, on the mattress. Just, yeah, him laying on the mattress. Then... Weirdly enough, starts the same episode with like a little kid riding uh, riding his bike near that garage and finding him dead. Yeah, so five starts the little kid just riding by, seeing him dead in the same exact position, and then just riding off. Yeah. Um, and then the video, which I guess kind of goes to show that you know, like he said, he's a junkie. People didn't care about him, and it kind of shows that like people still, in a weird way, didn't care about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the video that he watches of his wife on episode five, I like a lot. Um, because she's like. You are going to feel so much pain and anger and hatred, and I just need you to keep being yourself and keep being this kind, fun person. Keep being funny, because you make me laugh so much. Just keep being funny. And it's just, ugh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's that, and then, like, when he finally gets to work, uh, his boss, like, brings him in. It's like, hey, have you seen Julian? Or no, he doesn't say, like, have you seen Julian? No, he does. He goes, yeah. like, have you seen Julian? He's like, no, I haven't seen him today. Yeah. Then, he's like, oh, okay. Then, doesn't he call him into his office and, like, tell him, like, hey, they, uh, my school called me and said that, all right, no, uh, Georgia's school called me and said That's that, later in the episode. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, in, at the first, he's like, um, have you seen Julian? He's like, no. He's like, okay, yeah, I guess um, we got we got a call. Um, they found him dead. He overdosed on drugs. He's like, 
oh yeah i thought i think i did that he's like what he's like yeah well i mean i didn't know it was gonna happen and he's like no listen tony you are you kidding me you knew this you you can't tell me you knew this was gonna happen at all he's like well i didn't know it was gonna happen like, like, I, I gave him money but i didn't know this was gonna happen yeah, he's, he said he was gonna do it and i gave him the money for it. he's like no tony i do you understand what this means if you did this you have to tell me you didn't know this was going to happen if you knew this was going to happen i can't let you see my kid the only reason i let you see my kid because my wife hates it the only reason i let you see him is because i see your face light up whenever you see him and i see this is one of those few things in this world that brings you happiness but I'm telling you, if it's between choosing the safety of my child or your happiness, it's my kid every time. No contest. So you have to tell me you didn't know this is going to happen. You're just like, I, I, I didn't know this is going to happen. And that, that's how that interaction ends. Yeah. It's just like, fuck, man. <laughs> so it's just kind of him realizing, he, in a weird way, this is the beginning of showing that he can't, or him realizing he can't get away with whatever he wants to get away with. Yeah, he can't just be this awful human being. Yeah. Because these things have consequences. Um, which it also kind of shows Matt for the first time, like showing some backbone. Yes, it does. It does. It it still he still kind of goes back on it because he knows that he knew that he gave him the money and he knew that he overdosed the money or with the drugs that he bought with that money kind of thing. But he keeps on repeating, like you have to tell me that you knew that this wasn't going to happen. I think he even says once or twice that he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, but he keeps on saying you have to tell me you didn't know that this was going to happen because he can't bring himself to you know ah. Uh, he still can't bring himself to be mean to a man that's grieving, but even though he did this horrible, terrible thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, then the him noticing he still has the hammer thing, and then threatening the kid happens in the episode, in this episode. Okay. Um, so, Brian comes back again to the office, um, and begs, absolutely begs to be in the paper. He's like, just... Yeah. I mean, my ho- everything in my life is just a mess. My house is a horrible mess. I'll show if you guys come over. I'll show you, and you have a story right there. It's it's great. Uh, you can write about whatever. Uh, and so they go there. It's like, okay, fine. Well, Everybody, let's go. Yeah. The the big thing about that though is he tells him, it's like, just come to my house, uh, it, uh, and write the story about that. If there's not a story there, I will leave you alone forever. Yeah. Um, also, something that's a small subplot that has happened is Lenny. Um, Tony's friend. Yeah. Uh, they did an interview with a guy who could play two clair- with a kid who could yeah. play two clarinets at once through his nose. Two recorders, but yeah. Two recorders, yeah. Yeah. And like basically like, oh yeah, like I don't have a job and I don't do anything, so it gave me a lot of time to learn how to play two recorders at the same time with my nose. Yeah. And that's and, just one of their fluff yeah. pieces. But <laughs> Lenny ends up asking the mom for a date. So yeah. that's his little supplies. He has a little background yeah. romance. And they're there's a little bit here and there just like oh yeah me and the mom like we went out to dinner she said she likes my style kind of thing and like kind of showing how like they're having a happy relationship and how tony just is in disbelief that she's happy with him out of all people yeah um so that's that's a whole story that's happening in the background but um this episode tony is like okay lenny and sandy let's let's go let's write this story about this guy let's let's put this to the the stop right now so they go there and they enter his house and it he's a hoarder. He is he, he is, is yeah, like just has trash bags filled up to the to the ceiling in his yeah. little apartment. Um and I, oh my god, what does that smell? Which one? <laughs> the the one that's like right in the back of your throat and it's like it's clawing at you. Oh, that one. That one's gonna be the mice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put a few traps out a few years ago. Uh they're way back in that corner, can't get to them, so I couldn't get rid of the bots. So uh, that's what you're, that's what that feeling is right there. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. 
Um, what's what? that? Yeah, what's that over there in the jar? It's like, oh, those are cockroaches. I collect them. <laughs> like what? And he's about to open them. Like no, 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 no. <laughs> he's like okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, he's like yeah. So I just uh, seven years ago, I w- I was living a fine life. I was happy, and then my whore wife started sleeping around with that gypsy, and I couldn't take it anymore. So I I started hoarding things, and I I I thought I can just make this place whatever I want it to be. So I just I stopped throwing things away. Uh, and he kind of says it in that d- demeanor as yeah. well. Like I'm not like downplaying that. He's very like this is this is my life. This is how it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Tony is just like, like, why would you do this to yourself? Like, if you're this miserable, why don't you just kill yourself? He's like, oh, that's not good enough for me. And he's like, oh, well, I thought about it actually. He's like, so why not? He's like, I came to the conclusion that death is too good for me. Yeah. He's like, oh god. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, um, there's not a story here, so we're gonna leave, and then. Sandy is like, yeah. Sandy's like, well, I think there's a story here. I'll stay. Yeah, I'll stay. He's like, you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, and then him Lenny and- tries to leave. <laughs> He's like, no, you do not. You do not leave him alone with her. You, yeah. No, you stay. <laughs> well, I, I think probably the creepiest thing, uh, Tony, not Tony, Brian, Brian. says, uh, is like, yes, because if it en- or like whenever he goes to open up the jar of cockroaches, like, why do you keep these? Because if it enters my home, then I own it. And he's staring at. Sandy the entire yeah. time he says that yeah it's super creepy so it's just kind of like it I almost expected like whenever he was gonna leave he was gonna close the door and be like no you're in my apartment I own you now <laughs> like, I thought he was gonna pull some shit like that for a second yeah um but yeah so Lenny and Sandy are there um and he keeps talking to them about like all of his hordes and trashes and everything like basically talking about nothing but yeah everything that has to do with him so it means something because it's him yeah and then at this point Tony is back at the office, and that's when you get the confrontation. Okay, yeah, that's when you get the confrontation over. He says, like, the elementary called. A little uh, little boy said a middle-aged man threatened him with a hammer. Like, okay, so I did, like, how did you know it was me? He's like, who else do I know that has a hammer, or carries around a hammer with him? Like, you uh, showed that hammer to me after you brought, or got it from those robbers, and you were waving it around like it was this cool little trophy of yours. Of course I know it was you. Yeah, well, he was like, how do they know it was me? He's like, they don't. I do, because you showed me the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's like, I can't, I cannot believe this, Tony. How can you possibly be doing this? You're putting my child in direct danger. I can't trust you anymore. Um, and basically saying if he's going to be this reckless, he cannot see his nephew anymore. Ever again. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, um, if, if you're, if you're, if this is the way that you're going to behave, I'm sorry, this is over. I can't let you do this anymore. So, okay, I'm done. I'm done being reckless. You're right. The things that I'm doing. They have consequences, and I know that now. I know that I can't just walk around and be this careless person that I want. I can't just be this villain walking around hurting people constantly. He's like, and I, I get it. I'm in, I'm in pain, and this is the only way that I know how to get through this because it's either I do what I want, and that's the one moment where I feel happy, or I drink, and I forget about everything. And either way, that's the only time I'm happy is if I forget that she's not here in some way or another. Um, He also ends up having a speech. I think it's... The episode before this one, he ends up having a speech saying, like, um, I cannot live in this world without her. Wherever she is, that's where I want to be. And he's like, and they're like, you don't even believe in an afterlife. He's like, I know. I know I don't believe in an afterlife. She is nowhere. Believe me. I know that. She's nowhere. But I would rather be nowhere with her than somewhere without her. Um, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, you really do like feel the pain that he's going through in this of just the loss and him not knowing yeah. what to do with his life. 
Which it is. It is very much as someone who is grieving and doesn't know how to move forward from that. Yeah. Um, while he is out there, uh, Sandy and Lenny come back, and um, you get a scene of, I think it's this episode, where it's either this episode or the one before it, I forget. I but think it's this one where he's walking with Sandy, and um, Delilah's her name? The, uh, the sex worker? Mm, I don't know if she has a name, actually. Well, no, because she says that her name is Roxy, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what's your real name? And right. I think it's Delilah? Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. Says that her real name's Daphne. And then ends up meeting up with her and like uh while she's walk or while he's walking with Sandy and like tells Sandy, like, Oh yeah, this is the cleaner. She cleans my house. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely the cleaner, not a prostitute. <laughs> not a prostitute. It's like that would be weird. Yeah, that would and he's like, by the way, because I'm your cleaner and you trust me as your cleaner, I need the keys to your house. <laughs> and, like, right, of course, I trust you, you're my cleaner, I know everything about you. Clearly I would give you my keys. Here are my keys to my house. <laughs> It's really good. It's pretty great. <laughs> and then whenever he gets home, like he he gets to the front door. You know, you just left the keys in the front door. Like, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I guess that was irresponsible of me. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. He's like, and like the place is like super super clean after that. He's like, wow, like what do I owe? She's like, nothing. Like, you, d- you don't, don't worry about owe it. me anything. She's like, Tony, just so you know, not everybody in this world is out to get you. Some people actually just are your friends and want to help. Like, anyway, I have places to be. I have meetings. Like, you're a prostitute. Sex worker. Sex worker, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget if this is in the, la- in the episode four or five, but that's a really good interaction. Yeah. Another good interaction that is in this episode when Lenny and Sandy get back um, is she's sitting there and... Writing up a story? Yeah, writing the story. And he's like, oh, you found something? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I think I did. Um... And she like hands it to him and he reads she's like, wow, this is the front page. Like, really? Yeah, this is the front page. You're you're extremely talented. And and by the so, way, I, I take back everything that I said earlier. This this place is a really good jumping off point. It, it will be great for you. It was great for me. I just didn't do anything with it. I never tried to get promoted or go to a new place or move to a new city for a better job. When Lisa died, I gave up. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and even before that. Uh, all I wanted to do, all I cared about was coming, coming home, home yeah. I, or coming to work, getting my job done, and going straight home and spending as much time with her as possible, because I thought that was the best choice. And it was. I have no regrets about that. And she's like, Tony, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> I need you to be happy. I need you to laugh. I need you to be a better person, because I know you're a great person, and I need you to be happy. And he's like, I, I know, I know, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm going to try. Um, and, it's like, and they're one of those turning points of like... Yeah, him. showing that like maybe there is a glimmer of hope for him. Yeah. Um, there's another interaction. I, for, I think it's earlier in this episode where Lenny gets visited by hit the mom-girlfriend. Yeah, it was because uh, I think that was right before uh, Brian. Brian came through the front door. And like, yeah. Where she's talking about how much she loves him because she loves his body and his style and... How after he takes a shower, he's like nice and soft, and it's like cuddling up next to a soft teddy bear. Yeah, he's like, oh, you sh- next time we're cuddling up next to him, we should squeeze the back fat of his neck. It's like, why would I squeeze his back fat? No, 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 like the back of his neck. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, why would I squeeze his back fat? No, no, the back of his neck. But uh, remind you that I'm gonna come back to that. Um, but just like hop right on top of him and just squeeze the back of his neck. She's like, mm, I don't know, I wouldn't want to hurt him. He's like, no, no, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. She's like, anyway, I gotta go, and they like hug and stuff like that. And then like Lenny sits down, and like you get a very genuine moment from Tony being like, I'm I'm really happy for you, Tony. Yeah. Or I'm really happy for you, Lenny. This is she's she's really great. Uh, good job. He's like, thank you. Because he's, like, not used to getting compliments from him. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's, a, like, a really nice scene of him, like, realizing, like, he can't just, even though they're friends, he needs to, like, really be genuine. He, yeah, he person. needs to be nice to him every now and then, at least. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, that episode actually ends with uh, Sandy getting her story on the front page. Yeah. Um, and then episode six, I think, starts in a fucking hilarious way. It, it obviously starts with him waking up in the morning and... The, watching the video from his wife and stuff like that. Right. Um, Which he, I guess one thing we didn't talk about is like, it does like have some other snippets of like videos that he made or if like he was doing a prank on her or like being like, you know, just doing something, thinking that he's being funny, like waking her up with the, the whole or with the air horn or yeah. dumping water on her at the beach or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. And like he gets like little visions when he's like out doing something in the world, which I think is like another really great way to portray like when somebody is grieving and they like are remembering something about somebody or like something uh they'll be doing something and like you'll get that memory of like oh we used to do this together like they used to do this kind of thing all the time and like really shows that kind of like thought process and like just showing of like how these little thoughts can just like jump right into your head yeah just kind of creep in with that whenever you don't think about it yeah one of the ones that i like a lot or is like he's like filming or maybe it's like a memory it doesn't really say whether it's one or the other but she like comes home and a water balloon drops on her yeah. Uh, she's like, oh my god, what is this? He's like, oh, I got you, I got you. She's like, I'm soaking wet. He's like, I know. He's like, how was your day? My day was great. My day was perfect, actually. Super boring. And I come home, and immediately I have a problem. He's like, I know, I know. This is great. This is great. And they're like having a great time. She's like, look how happy you are with this. And like, yeah, that was like episode two or three, I think. Yeah, but like, I just like those little moments between them because it's like showing that they just have like this very loving relationship, right? I th- and it's one thing that I brought up while we were watching it too. I thought it was kind of funny about how. And maybe it was kind of showing the difference between uh, a memory and like him actually videotaping it, because every now and they're kind of, like those snippets are kind of grainy, as if like you know you're filming it on a phone as one does. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you can tell it's just like done on the actual camera that they use to film everything else. Like yeah. <laughs> the videos that she made for him, like telling him that he's still a good person and to have a life after she's dead, dead and everything. Yeah, that's done with the camera that they film everything else with, which. They kind of try to make it show that, like, you know, she filmed it either, like, on a laptop or on her phone or something else like that and then sent it off to him. But yeah, uh, that was just straight up done with the studio camera. Yeah, it was. Which, <laughs> little nitpicks that I have here and there with TV shows and movies, but it's not a big deal. But, like, every yeah. now and then it does show it to where, like, he's actually filming it on a phone. Yeah. And sometimes you can tell with that. So maybe that was their way of saying, like, this one's a memory. This is one that he was actually filming. But yeah. Who I knows? Think, I think that's probably what they were going for. After all of those messages and saying, like, you need to really try and move on after me. I love you and I know you love me, but I'm going to be gone and you need to keep living your life after I'm gone. Yeah. And she's, like, filming that and, like, you hear something in the background. He's like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, oh, nothing, just Twitter. And she, like, turns the camera off. Yeah, and then, like, the last thing you see before she turns off the camera is him giving her a kiss on the head. Yeah. And then he goes into work. They're getting the story and, like, a bunch of things. It's like, hey, so this couple just rang me up and said... They have a story. He's like, okay, what's the story? Uh, they say they have a baby that looks a bit like Hitler. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. They just have a baby and it looks a little bit like Hitler. If you check that out, it's like, 
okay, Lenny, let's go. And it cuts over, and it's just this baby with the hair combed over like Hitler did and a drawn-on little mustache. Yeah. And he's wearing a fucking SS officer. Yeah, and wearing an SS officer thing with the armband, the whole nine yards. And Tony's just like, so you you drew the mustache on? No, he asks, is that a birthmark? And she's like, no, 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 I just did that with some eyeliner. So you drew on a mustache. (laughs) You combed over his hair. And he drew a mustache on the baby to make him look like Hitler. Like, well, yeah. And then the like, husband comes and he's like, well, we tried permanent marker for a while, but it wouldn't come off. So it became like a really big <laughs> hassle to clean it. He's like, okay, so you made the baby look a bit like Hitler. And they're like, well, yeah. He's like, so it, doesn't, it didn't just come out of the womb like that with a comb over and a mustache. That would be, I would argue, I would say, yeah, for sure. That baby looks maybe a bit like Hitler. But you just did this. Anybody can just do that with their baby. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, yeah, it's just a bit of fun, though. Yep, bit of fun. Make your uh, baby look like Hitler. Bit of fun, huh? <laughs> and then Lenny just, like he does at the end of every one of these stories, just pulls up the camera, takes a picture, yeah. and puts it back down. <laughs> I love that scene so much. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said throughout, uh, while we were watching it, too. Like, there's people who've done actual things like that. Like, there's a couple who, like, I guess legitimately named one of their sons Hitler, or Adolf Hitler. And then named their daughter Aryan Nation. And they got news coverage because they did that. Because it's like, why would you do that? Yeah. It's uh, illegal in Germany. Yeah. I think it's illegal because people are actually pulling that shit to try to get some kind of notoriety for things like that. I I think the United States has like 12 names that are actually illegal to name your child now. Yeah, because of dumb shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, what the fuck, people? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Get... Uh, a, a conversation between Anne at the graveyard. Yeah. And this one I like a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, this is episode six, by the way, the last episode of the season. Right. Um, so it's starting to like wrap up character storylines and kind of give a little bit of closure to everything. Talks to Anne and she's like, you need to like cherish your life because it's, it's incredible. You need to really look at it and try and be the best person you can be. And he's like, and I have to, I have to thank you for for everything because before I started talking to you, I I think I gave up and I think I was done with everything and I think you really you brought me back to all of this. She's like, oh yeah, I I I I oh thank you so much. You're like you're a smart, funny, handsome man, and like oh, if you were only twenty years younger, huh? She's like, yeah. Yeah, if I were 20 years younger, I think I could pull better than you, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think my favorite part about that speech, though, too, is she was saying, it might have been this episode or it might have been episode five, where she was telling him that you need to do good for good's sake. It doesn't all have to be about you. And gave the speech of, when old men plant trees that they will never know the shade Mm -hmm. of, then the world will know peace. Which is actually a quote that I've known about for a while, and I've really loved that quote. Yeah, I think that is this episode. But yeah, she gives him that quote, basically saying, do good for good's sake. And if you can do good... Without, you know, having the feel goods of, you know, knowing that you did good, then you can help make this world a better place. Because one thing that he's always been saying through this whole thing is like, if you're a good person, I thought you could just change the world. And it turns out you can't be a good person and change the world. But if you're a bad person, you can do whatever you want. You can make whatever changes to the world possible with no consequences. This has been like his whole guiding light right. through why he's being a terrible person to everybody. And so like this last episode, he's like finally like realizing like, no, like that's... That's not how it works. Yeah. He also ends up Tony in this episode, gives a speech at the office to everybody about, like, how you're supposed to cherish life in yeah. general. I think what it, I got that, of, like, how you need to cherish life, but he it was also, in my thought process, his way of kind of apologizing for being a dick to everybody. Yeah. Of, like, hey, like, I'm sorry for being a dick to you. Like, you're not a bad person. Like, he says that to Lenny, like, you know, I'm glad that you're having 
um, that, you know, you're having a good relationship with this woman. I want the best for you. Thank you for being a human stress ball for me. You didn't have to do that. And you helped me through a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And then Sandy, you're a great writer. You're going to go good places. I'm sorry for telling you that this place, you're going to go nowhere here. You're going to do great things if you keep writing the way that you do. Kath, like you, you aren't useless. I'm sorry for telling you that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what he says to her exactly. It's basically like, I'm glad that you like all these funny, great things in the world. Like yeah. Kevin Hart, because she has an obsession with Kevin Hart. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things, because I think that's kind of the thing, is like their opposite. She tries to look at the good of all situations, and he's always looking at the bad of all situations. Yeah. And that's where a lot of their fights come from, is her trying to look at the good side, and him saying like, nope, everything's shit. That's where most of their conflict and conversation come from, yeah. Yeah. Ends up leaving there to go to Julian's funeral, and he gets there a little late, so it's over, and he's talking to the person running the thing. It's like, oh, it's it's over. Like, yeah, nobody nobody came, so we we just ended it. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, it's it's a bit sad because you sometimes you have these big events and all the family are here and grieving and everybody's loving each other, and then there's ones like these where nobody's here and nobody cares. And he's like, I cared. He's like, then at least there's that. Like, well, I hope you have a better day tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully the next one's exciting. Yeah, and he's like, it won't be. It's it was caught death, and me and Robbie were both like, what is yeah. caught death? And then learn the horrible truth that cot death is uh, kind of a slang term for sudden infant death syndrome. Yeah, SIDS. That's just what they call co- they they call it, I guess. It's yeah, cot death. Um, so we learned that super dark joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, he meets Daphne there. Yeah, she's there, and she's like, "Oh, I'm late." And yeah, like, "Oh, it's it's really hard." Uh, all of this she's like you know tony you're like you're like a really 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 great guy and you're gonna find somebody one day and they're just gonna make you happier than you could ever imagine she says like it's just a shame because once you get that we're not gonna be able to hang out anymore and she he's like what why not because nobody wants their boyfriend or husband hanging out with somebody (laughs) like me uh he's like like what like a prostitute he's like no you're you're not a prostitute you're just a really really good person that's just like that's another great moment. This entire thing is just basically him going to everybody and be like, "You're you're a pretty good person." Yeah. <laughs> One thing that also happens at the beginning of this episode that we forgot to mention because he visits his dad in the yeah uh, yeah goes and visits, visits his dad again. His dad has a moment of lucidity, if you will. Yeah, and kind of has this moment uh, wherever he's thinking about World War II and like it's the first time that. He doesn't just like tell him like, Dad, like you're here nursing. Like he doesn't he's not blunt with him for the first time and like yeah. just kinda goes along with what he's saying. Just like, Oh, I'd had to keep away from the soldiers. Like, oh, Brits or the Germans? The Germans. Oh yeah, I probably want to stay away from those ones. And he's like, Uh, anyway. He's like, I recognize you. He's like, Do you? Yeah. He's like, Who am I? You're my boy. Yeah, I am. He's like, You uh you painted on the wall. He's like, No, Dad, that happened when I was eight. He's like yeah yeah no he painted on the paper oh yeah painted on the paper on the wall he's like no dad that that happened when i was eight he's like yeah 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 your mom's not gonna like that i'll have to fix that before she sees and he's like he's like or he says don't worry i have another roll saved up in the or saved up in the uh garage it's like i'll put it up tomorrow he's like no dad you fixed it you fixed it the very next day he's like yep yep i'll put it up tomorrow for you he's like oh okay dad yeah and it's just one of those heartbreaking scenes because it's just like it like I said that moment of lucidity and then yeah. just back to normal. Yeah, it happens. Like I actually worked at a nursing home at one point in time, and that was pretty common for the nurses to talk to somebody. Normally, what it was is somebody saying like, "Hey, I, I want to go home," and then saying, "Well, this is your home. You live here." It's like, "No, no, no, I don't live here. I live, I live over there." It's like, "Not anymore. You live here now." And like having to deal with that moment with yeah. people who have dementia. Yeah, 
which I think happened with our grandpa a handful of times too. Uh, a few times while I was visiting him even. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that's been happening throughout every visit that he goes to his dad is he'll talk to the nurse and they kind of flirt, kind of don't. Yeah, it kind of has that will they, won't they vibe. Yeah, and while he's there, he ends up asking like, hey, like me, do you do you maybe want to go out for a drink sometime? She's like, I, I don't know. You'll have to let me think about that. And so later in the episode, after the funeral, he yeah. goes back there. Well, she says like, I don't know. She's like, maybe. He's like, maybe. There's hope in maybe. Yeah. Which is one of those things. He hasn't had hope this yeah. entire time. So him being like, there's hope in that. Like, that, that's like, a st- it's a step forward. It's a stepping stone, yeah, forward. Yeah. And so she's talking to another nurse later that day. Like, so are you going to go and have that drink with him? She's like, I don't know. It's just, he's so sad. And I don't know if there's really anything for us to even talk about. And it's just, I'm not really sure. And then he comes in. She's like, so you want to go on that drink? She's like, yeah, actually, I think I do want to have that drink with you. It's, they, they go to have that drink. Mm-hmm. And then he actually does some nice things for some people because, well, yeah. I think it's when he's talking to Anna, he realizes that he's not going to be a bad person anymore. He's He'll be a dickhead to people who deserve it. He ends up getting Kath uh, a picture of Kevin Hart to put in the snow globe Which, she has because they have this It's the worst fucking picture. But... <laughs> it's awful. But it's just like, because she's always talking about how much she loves Kevin Hart and she also like has the snow globe. You're supposed to put this picture in, but she doesn't have anybody because she doesn't have anybody she cares about. Yeah. And so he gets her a picture of Kevin Hart to put in there gets um pat the mailman a little bottle of alcohol um nice bottle of whiskey yeah just being like we're we're good we're pals now yeah um (laughs) does that um goes to have the drink with the nurse right uh he just puts a random note on robbie's bike saying hey i'm not a murderer i just want you to be a good boy yeah (laughs) and they start looking around like who the hell put this note on my bike yeah it's really good Goes over to Brian's house and drops the paper off. Yeah. Um, showing him like, hey, man, you made the paper. You got your front page. Look at that. Giving him just one thing to live for. Because that's the thing he says. Like, if if I just get in this paper, that, that'll make my year. So, like, that's a really huge moment for that character. Um, and then, yeah, he's, he goes off and has, has the drink with the nurse. And it's, that ends. Yeah. Kind of ends the series on a little highlight of just, like, a very bleak dark comedy that has a nice glimmer of hope and possibility at the end of it. Yeah. It ends on such a good note Yeah, that I'm not sure where they would go from season or where they would go to season two because it just, the way that it ends, like it feels open-ended enough that like it's kind of what the show always needed was that glimmer of hope and possibility. And you get yeah. that at the end of the season. Yeah. It's a really good show, uh, when it, especially when it comes to the subject matter of it because yeah. It tells it in a very adult way, which I don't think everyone would appreciate the adult way that it's been told, but it I think it's it needs to be told that way sometimes too, because it's almost like a very sobering reality yeah. check when it comes to this. And like you, you see a lot of shows dealing with grief and like they kind of show like, oh, the comedy of grief of like this and that and like kind of showing how it's all not that bad. But this one is like very down in the dirt about it. It is. Which, it is. I think most people, including myself, like dealing with grief, uh, it usually is like that down in the dirt feeling. Yeah. The thing that I like about this is it doesn't shy away from the rough subjects right. that it's trying to cover. Like it doesn't sugarcoat any of it. Like if something sucks, like it really sucks. It really hurts. It does. And I think it's something that we had a conversation before we started recording too, is like whenever death happens, whenever something the series happens, it's supposed to hurt. It's yeah. supposed to suck. And you don't want to feel that way but you do because that's just the reality of the situation is it's gonna hurt and you're gonna have to deal with it at some point in time yeah and it's never going to be easy to deal with it but you just have to kind of grit your teeth and go through it yeah well 
let's um let's get to the final thoughts of the season, Robbie. Okay. Season one of Afterlife. Overall, what did you think? I mean, you could probably tell by the way I've been talking about this show. I I absolutely loved it actually. Like yeah. especially with like some of the grief that I've dealt with and some of the grief that like because it's not my grief to tell, I won't like go into details, but I've sure. had some other friends who have been going through some pretty rough times lately too. And like, it's very realistic to like the grief that some of them have felt too. And like having to march forward through it and showing like why it's important. Cause like it, in a weird way, I think Julian shows what happens if you give up. Yeah. And that, which is really sad and sobering with that, but it's at the same time, you kind of kind of needs to be shown. I feel like for this show, like for some people, it'd be really rough to try to get through this. I know some people that could not like sit through the entire, just this first season alone. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to sit through it, let alone all three seasons. But I feel like in some ways it's a very hard shot that you have to take down sometimes. And I, I give the show a lot of credit for that. I, I don't know how I would make the show better. Like, I feel like I have to give it a 10 because of that. Like it's, it's really, really good. I did really enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. I, I love this show. I think the thing that it does really well is it shows the possibilities of where Tony could end up if he keeps going down this road of hate and anger yeah, and hopelessness of like, he could be Julian or like, he could be Brian. Like he could be these other people who just gave up and just let life take them. Yeah. And we didn't get too much into it, but I guess there are some other characters too. Like it shows both ends of the spectrum. It shows from Julian all the way up to Anna of like dealing with grief because Anna- yeah made peace with it long time ago and is okay with the fact that her husband is uh, dead because she at least got that time with him. Yeah. And she's like, and it's, I'm, I'm not sad because I had a happy life. Yeah. I had a great time. I, and so did my husband. Yeah. He had a great life too. That's why I'm not sad about it. Given any time I would, I would always take this option. I would always be the one up here grieving and him down there because I would not want ever to have him feel this way. So I'm happy with how this turned out. Yeah. Like, All the way down to Julian who just, could not make peace with it up until the very end. And like yeah. a little bit of everything in between, like, you know, there's Tony, there's, um, there's Brian, who's yeah. a l- little bit darker version of Tony. And then um, I forget his name, but I think he was even in the very first episode of the guy who the special interest story is that he got five of the same birthday card. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked like the story for me of him wasn't so much the fact that he got five birthday cards is, and that he was kind of thought like, Oh, what are the chances of that happening? It's so much of that. Like, you know, he lost his he lost his wife a long time ago and like she would have thought that it was kind of funny. And like he also had to deal with the grief of that. But he's OK now because yeah. he had that time. Yeah. He's like and like he's like, it's not that crazy of a thing to get five of the same card. But I don't know. After all these years, it's these small, weird, funny things that you really need to take time to appreciate. My wife, she's gone now, but she would have really appreciated this. Yeah. I absolutely love this show. I have been thinking of a way to get it onto some some sort of our content at some point. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad I was able to get it here. I do also think this show is a 10 out of 10. For season one, for sure, 10 out of 10. Yeah, see, like I said, it's one of those... It feels very complete just within season one of it, too. So yeah. I'm not sure how they would go on with season two, but be interesting to see how it does go further with that, especially considering he wanted two seasons to begin with. Yeah, that's the show. Season one. <laughs> season one. That's of season Afterlife. one of Afterlife. If you guys want to get a hold of us, you can do that through our email. You can email us directly with, at the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. 
Or you can go to our link tree and find our socials and a bunch of places where you can listen to our show and watch our stuffs. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash L-O-I-P. That's going to take you to our socials. Like I said, Podcast Place is going to take you to our Twitch channel, um, which we stream every Wednesday and Saturday night. Um, currently, I am playing through Death's Door on Wednesday nights. Okay. Um, having a good time with that. Really enjoying it. Gave up on Outer Wilds. Um, <laughs> Still talk about how you gave up on Outer Wilds. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, pretty ashamed. And then Saturday, we're doing some variety stuff. And then by the time this comes out, you and E will be doing something. Something. Yeah. I, we got a good idea of what we're going to do next week, but we'll see what happens. We're going to have a, a couple of episodes without dry here. We're going to see how that works. Yeah, I think you guys will do great. Um, Fingers yeah, crossed. I think that's it. Robbie. Yeah. Get us out of here. So, if you're out and about, make sure to be kind to one another. Also, be kind to yourselves. I think if we learn anything with this episode is that even in your darkest moments, if you keep taking steps forward, you'll eventually find a light. But, yeah. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourselves. Be safe out there. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robbie. Mm -hmm. Everybody out there, have a great week. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye!